In this morning's Tech Byte, South Korea gives Google and Apple until mid-October to draw up compliance plans for App Store amendments, YouTube bans anti-vaccine videos outright, and Apple AirTags have a vulnerability that can turn them into malware vessels. Good morning and welcome to Stuff's Tech Byte, a quick wrap-up of all the local and international tech news you might have missed. Back in August, South Korea made an amendment to its Telecommunications Business Act, which prohibits Apple and Google from forcing developers to process all in-app purchases through their billing systems. Instead, they should be allowed to use third-party services. While most of the new bill went into effect by the middle of this month, both tech monoliths have yet to allow users access to third-party billing services. Now Reuters reports that South Korea has told them both they have half a month to present compliance plans for the new law. Additionally, the Korea Communications Commission also plans to draft an enforcement ordinance to ensure that both companies comply with the law once it fully comes into effect. This should apparently be completed within the next six months. Both Apple and Google have been facing increased pressure to change their respective billing system practices over the past few months. Both companies take up to 30% cut of developers' revenue through in-app purchases, which understandably has a few of them slightly frustrated. At the beginning of this month, Apple amended its in-app purchase policy to allow reader apps like Netflix and Spotify to link out to external billing systems, but that doesn't mean much to non-reader app developers. Google also recently found itself in hot water after it came out that it had offered Netflix a sweetened deal on its in-app purchase tax to dissuade it from leaving the Play Store. Furthermore, it was discovered that Google only needs a 6% cut on in-app purchases to break even on revenue sharing, which, to the outsider, looks a tad greedy. Vaccine misinformation has been an issue for a while now, and it's become a particularly poignant issue in the light of the COVID-19 pandemic. Social media platforms like YouTube have been tackling COVID-19 vaccine misinformation in a variety of ways. YouTube removed over a million videos spreading COVID-19 misinformation back in August, and is now taking its hard stance on medical misinformation a step further by banning any anti-vaccine content outright. The video sharing platform's community guidelines have long prohibited many other forms of medical misinformation, such as unsubstantiated, see false, claims of cures for certain diseases, but until now hasn't put its foot down on any anti-vaccine content. Today we're expanding our medical misinformation policies on YouTube, with new guidelines on currently administered vaccines that are approved and confirmed to be safe and effective by local health authorities and the WHO, reads an official announcement. This bans any misinformation concerning modern vaccines, such as those for HIV, the flu, mumps, chickenpox, and more, which prohibits videos falsely claiming that said vaccines cause chronic illnesses or conditions such as autism, cancer, or infertility, or that they may contain microscopic tracking chips. Our policies not only cover specific routine immunizations, like for measles or hepatitis B, but also apply to general statements about vaccines. Additionally, a YouTube spokesperson confirmed to The Verge that the platform would be booting the channels of several major anti-vaxxers including Sherry Tenpenny, Joseph McCullough, the Children's Health Defense Fund, and Erin Elizabeth. Presumably, similar channels that crop up in the future will be treated the same way. While YouTube is banning all vaccine misinformation, it stipulates that it does still allow for personal testimonies and anecdotes relating to vaccines, so long as they don't violate existing guidelines, or that a video's channel doesn't show a history of promoting vaccine hesitancy. These will probably be assessed on a case-by-case basis. Today's policy update is an important step to address vaccine and health misinformation on our platform, concludes the announcement. We'll continue to invest across the board in policies and products that bring high-quality information to our viewers and the entire YouTube community.
Most of the time, Apple's AirTags can be a lifesaver. You're late and lost your keys somewhere in your house. If you've got an AirTag attached, you'll find them in no time. They also have a cool feature that, if found out in the wild, can be scanned to show its owner's info. But a recently discovered vulnerability allows would-be attackers to use that feature to redirect people who scan the tag to a website of their choosing. How it's supposed to work. Once you've lost an AirTag, say in another country or someplace you can't easily get to, you're able to activate Lost Mode from the Find My app on your Apple device. Then the tag generates a unique URL where owners can leave a message with their contact details so that if someone finds it and is feeling like being a good person, they can go about returning it. The tag does this by generating that URL so when someone scans it with an NFC-capable device, it automatically redirects them to a webpage containing the relevant details. But security consultant and penetration tester Bobby Rausch discovered a vulnerability that allows potential attackers to use this feature against you, and doing so is scarily easy. In a Medium post, he outlines one of the ways one would go about exploiting this vulnerability. The process involves redirecting whoever scans the tag to a very legit-looking Apple login page that asks the viewer to log in with an Apple ID, username, and password. The site is not legit, though, and uses a keylogger to capture your details and send them to the attacker. That's a very bad thing. Speaking to Krebs on security, Rausch says he informed Apple about the vulnerability in June, telling them that he would make the information public in 90 days, as is usual with disclosures of this nature. According to Rausch, during those three months when he followed up with Apple, the company would say it was still investigating. Then, five days after the 90-day disclosure protection window had expired, Apple responded and said the vulnerability would be patched in an upcoming update, and that they would appreciate it if he didn't leak it. But he did anyway, to protest Apple's lack of communication. The moral of the story here is that if you find an AirTag out in the wild and find it upon scanning it, it asks you to log in, don't. After all, when you find a USB stick lying around somewhere in public, your first thought shouldn't be to plug it in and see what's on it. That's how the US Department of Defense was made to look like fools, and led to the creation of the US Cyber Command. Thanks for listening to Stuff's Tech Byte. We'll be back again on Monday with all the local and international tech news you might have missed.